Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups, the superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. Woo! This is Football Sunday on The Fan, a comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. It is football Sunday here with you, Mike Rashad and Joe, just walking into the building thanks to the Portland Marathon. Shout out to all the marathoners who didn't block us this year. Well, most well, of us at least. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not speaking for me on that, Rashad. Yeah, I said most of us. Look, it, this is the, the, the biggest negative of doing the Sunday morning show is that every event in this city that closes roads is on Sundays. <laughs> they've got bike the races, hell, they've yeah. got... They've got marathons. They've got protests. All that stuff is it, it's always on Sundays, and it always goes right by our station. Like, and there's always something blocking. Like, seriously, I don't know how many. Like, you just mentioned the there's been protests, and obviously that goes without without saying because there's a building literally right next to the to the fan that you know people were protesting at for a really oh, really long. We're time. right next to ICE. Yes. Yeah. So we're really really long time. And then you mentioned the bike race. Then you mentioned. Um, so the, the 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 marathon. I think there's one other one that we're forgetting. Well, as well. there's two there's two bike events because there there's like the race for the roses, right? Yes. Which was that the one that happened just a couple of weeks ago? I think so. And then there's a different one as well. I can't remember what it is that um, always closes McAdam or part of it for the bikers. Now, the you, let's screw everybody over a Sunday cycle. Bingo. Basic. Yes, that's the other race. Exactly. That's what it is. I've heard of that one. And we have had very differing experiences over getting through said bike race. You know, sometimes it's, hey, I got to be right there. Can you let me through? And then the the cop will, like, close the bike race down and let you go through. Other times it's like, no, you're going to go all the way down there and wait. And it's like, but I but I but I can't like I, I need to get right there. And they're like, sorry. And I feel like this was one of those moments, Mike, where that was not going to fly because you're talking. It's a marathon where they have like their time is important. Oh, yeah. Everybody's looking down at their watch, their Fitbit, checking their time and everything. And you you suggested that on the phone. And I was like, yeah, I I don't know about that. Like, I I just you got to wait till there's like a lull and there's like nobody coming. And that's when they'll probably be like, okay, yeah, hurry up. It's worth a shot if you are trapped to get out of the car, find the nearest uh, police officer and or I guess event organizer. Find the one that's smiling. Yes, find the one that's that's happy that you're walking up to them at eight thirty in the morning on a Sunday. Hard to do. And <laughs> I wonder if for for all of our police officers out out there is this is this kind of crap detail? Oh, like, I'm sure. Like, I mean, is this like or are you like, man, I love this event. Let me go down there. People are so nice. But or you do you see your assignment for the day and go? Ugh. Uh, I'm sure it's probably better than having to like patrol the city and having to deal with some of the other problems. But if you patrol your city, you're probably in a warm car. Yep. More than likely. Uh, not sure how many times a day it goes down. You but, basically you know, become a traffic cop when you do these races. Essentially, you do. But then there's those cops well, that wave you through. I saw one cop uh, clapping. You know, see, cheering on see, people. Some people are very that would, be, that would be the one you should have gone up to. <laughs> oh, I was already home free at that point. Oh, so okay. he, he would have helped me at all. So. <laughs> I would have gone up to that yeah. one and been like, hey, this is a great race, right? Hate to break it to you. <laughs> yeah, right. I need to stop it for three seconds. I'm to covering get my car the race through. on the radio. We're going to talk all about it. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll talk about you yeah. on sports radio in five minutes if you let me through. If not, 
Well, we'll still talk about you, but it's going to be very mean. Super negative. He might yeah. have been the last person to ask, though, because with him clapping, he probably loves these people that's while what, doing the marathon. Like, that's what I'm saying. Up their times How for you. dare you ask yeah. me to stop these hard marathon runners from stopping their times? Absolutely not. Because that, that officer may or may not have been a runner, you know, themselves. So they probably take that. Vi- that's what I'm saying. There might be some people that are, man, jogging enthusiasts. And, like, I'm, I'm going to go out there and support my people, my fellow runners. I don't think that's actually a thing that happens. I could be very wrong. I like jogging. I, I like running. But, I do not. Uh, I, I would I would never go stand, unless I knew someone running in the marathon. I would never, even if I knew someone running in the marathon, I probably wouldn't. I saw signs. Go, Aaron. I would never I go those. and just cheer on <laughs> random runners. It has to be someone that you know is in there. Although I did see right by uh, uh, the actual place we can get into our station this time, there was a lady standing with a metal pot and like a ladle, and she was like it's New Year's Eve. And or she something. was smacking them together, like motivating the runners because that was the <laughs> ten mile mark right by our station. Is the ten mile mark, and uh, you know that's can't do it. I'm sorry, that's, that's a so little, far. little pre halfway. That's so far. That's would, not even halfway. Would you do? Would you do this marathon? No, Joe. Well, how long? It, well, no, but how I long is a marathon? Twenty six point two. I think. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> no. No, um, you. You'll be lucky to get 2.6 miles out of me. Uh, the longest race I have done is five miles, and that's probably the longest race I will ever do is five miles. How long is a New York marathon? I mean, all, all marathons, marathons are, are the same. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. 26.2 miles. I did not miles. know that. Yeah. That's awesome. All marathons how much since the original one in, in ancient Greece, which was run to the city of Marathon, hence why it's called a marathon. History you, on man. 1080 Thank The Fan. Thank you, Lynch. The, the more, more you know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably slightly off on that, but I do know it has to do with the city of Marathon and uh, someone ran. Doesn't matter. That's, what, that's the story I'm going to tell from now on. Well, who else? Who the hell else knows about yeah. marathons? It's fact check. Well, <laughs> I was very thankful that it was not super hard to get through. And then Joe called me and was like, I'm stuck. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I made sure to check the route, though, before I came in. I was like, okay. I just guessed. What road is what road is going to be closed? Okay, this one. Okay, I can go under NATO here. Okay, and then this is okay. And then this is the only one lane will be closed. I'm good. And I made it through. Yeah, so. I took the risk. I, I rolled the dice on this one. You and woke up and went, show, and drove here. No, I was up at a reasonable time. And then I was just like, yeah, you know, we'll just see because, what happens. Uh, just because I was scared. That they, see, Lynch is lucky because they, the police let him through. That typically doesn't happen, you know, for me. Not all the time. Every now and then, like I said, we'll get a, I'll get a cool officer. It's like, yeah, man, no problem. You had a brutal experience, like but, your second time. Uh, yeah, dealing it was like, with it. okay, that, that was kind of weird. But so I was nervous that I might they made have you to park like a mile away and walk. Yeah, I had to walk. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. And then Lynch was like, oh my god, no problem. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I saw, I, I think me. I pulled in to the parking lot as you were walking up. I was like, what? Where did you park? Did you park in the street? And you were like. They made me park a mile damn down yeah, the damn street. I parked, I parked a, a ways away. You were livid. I was pretty. I was pretty upset that day. There's always something interesting that happens to me, like prior to the show, coming into the show. That you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's you're like it's you're fun like to talk about Jason Sicanic light because he always has something interesting happening to him before he comes well, into yeah, the show. Yeah, man. Somebody, they're always messing with big guys, man. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you guys keep saying that, but yet I never get messed with. So, you know, like, look at your calves, Lynch. Like. Well, I, I, I am a large human. Look at Mike, look down yeah, and see those calves. Like, and and like, like, oh my God. I don't want any parts of this. I don't want to get roundhouse kicked by that yeah. leg. No, who would? Not me. <laughs> no, it's just Suko does the same thing. He looks, he's like, Mike, you deal with this, right? You're big. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't. I think maybe you just don't see it. Like, I'm not bald and look hella menacing. No, it's like, he's like, oh, people always try to want to bow up to you and like prove that they're, they're something. And I'm like. No, <laughs> they don't. It happens. They're very friendly to me and say hi and then walk away. People, there are people that are incredibly friendly. I think every now scared. and then, every now and then they you will get someone to come up to you and say some weird stuff like, what do you bench? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I would say, I don't know. I haven't been to a gym in a long That's, time. Yeah, you know, and I have to it's use COVID, then, man. Then you start making stuff up. How like, much you oh, power man. clean, bro? You know, a cool, cool 320. <laughs> I don't even know if 320 equates to, you know, weights, but I'm like, yeah, about 320, 325. Squat rack, max out. Now, give me it. What is it? Yeah. 400, yeah. 500. Stuff like that. And they come up to me and say stuff like, you play football? 
You box? <laughs> what? No, Someone asks bro. you like what your power clean is. You're like, I don't do power Seriously. cleans, man. I only do super soakers. Seriously, man. Like, I don't, I don't know what that Just means, Just make bro. up a random name of something that sounds sort of fitnessy, but super also. Super soakers. And tell yeah. me more. And so this is why I always, and this, this sounds, I mean, not weird, but, um, you know, I always, working with kids and everything like that, when I meet tall kids and kids that are bigger and stuff like that, I almost never ask them about sports. Because as a tall kid in Lynch, you can definitely equate to this. People come up to you all the time and say, <laughs> you, play you play basketball? <laughs> you play football? It was always you football play this? for me. Nobody yeah. ever asked, man, how are your grades? Where do you want to go to college? What do you want to be for? Like, no, seriously, they come to you and that, that's shorter people probably don't deal with this. They'll probably ask at some point, but people don't. That's not how they start conversations. Shorter people will be like, be asked, how's it going down there, shrimpy? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, a jockey? <laughs> oh, man. How are the horses running this weekend? <laughs> Who should I bet on? No, yeah, it, that is true. It, I was always asked about sports. It was usually football. Rashad getting deep. How are your grades, man? How's no, life? seriously, seriously. How's, how's your mental? Never ever. Like when you're when you're a tall kid, like the first question people ask you is about basketball, <laughs> which is, I mean, cool. But again, nobody ever asks anything else. Like, man, do you like art? Man, what's what, what are you listening to right now? Like, yeah, what's, ever the, asks, what's the album that's on you know, repeat? Nobody ever asks anything else except for you know people assume that you're tall, that your sports is what you do. In some cases. Sports is not what you do if you're tall. So just saying. All right. Well, let's get into the show today, shall we? We will have our fantasy scramble as per usual at 930. Jesse Osmond from Explicit Fantasy Football, former producer of the show and good friend of ours, is going to join us and help you guys out. He is the true expert here. So make sure you listen to him. Uh, He's not always right, Joe. He's not always right. I'm just shaking my head. It's impossible to be right. James Connors. Damn you. But, uh, he is very good at this fantasy football thing. I, I I fancy myself pretty decent at it as well, so you can listen to my advice if you'd like to. Average. Yeah, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we've, we're regular fantasy football yeah. players. He, like, really dives into it. So that'll be at 930. Text in all the questions you've got, 503-250-1080. We'll get into the NFL. Uh, we will get into really just the, the West divisions, which are both come out on fire Man. and are really fun. Both the AFC and NFC West have been a lot of fun to watch so far. Chiefs are in last place in the AFC West. Seahawks are in last place in the NFC West. Crazy to say that at this point in the season, but uh, it is true. And then uh, we'll talk about yesterday's college football games, the important ones where Oregon lost to Stanford and Oregon State is now the first place team in the Pac-12 North. That's where we will begin next on Football Sunday on the Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I just alerted Rashad to the Urban Meyer video circling the internet from yesterday. I haven't seen it yet, but man, (laughs) hey man, I'm Urban Meyer. Do you know what I've done for this state? This state? He's in Florida now. Didn't he? Wasn't he Florida's coach? For... No, I, for a couple national championships. Well, hey, I think that he was I at. Suppose. I think he was in Columbus for the game this weekend, and that's. Oh, is that where it happened? He was wearing an Ohio State like pullover, uh, like okay. Okay. quarter zip. Okay, I thought it was in Florida. That would have made way more sense if it was in Sorry, Florida. Sorry, I was for some reason doing in got, Columbus. I got stuck and was like, Jacksonville's not Florida. <laughs> I was like, that's somewhere else. Um, and also, it's almost you know he's like a god in that region. So I mean, people are just gonna dance up on him whether he wants it or not. So the the quick story here, I don't want to waste too much time because we got to talk the Ducks before fantasy. But um, is that Urban Meyer played on Thursday, right? Okay. And they lost. The Jags lost. Of course. They're they're winless to start the season, and he said it was heartbreaking and looked like he was gonna cry. We don't know how long Urban Meyer is going to last in the NFL because he hates losing. And, and USC needs a coach. Good when luck. you take over Jacksonville, you're going to lose for a while. Um, there's then a video floating around of him sitting on a bar stool facing out towards the floor of the bar. And there is a 20-something all over him, grinding on him. And his hands are blocking his crotchal region. Mm-hmm. But also, you can't see the hands where they are they blocking. could be up said girl's skirt or they could just be blocking the crotchal region we don't know now Urban Meyer's married keep this in mind and there's a bunch of videos that were floating floating around or pictures of like young girls who were like look who's flirting with me at the bar and it was urban mm-hmm. hey by the way I totally wasted Trying to show him this urban legend to- I, see you. I see you coach <laughs> totally wasted Urban Meyer you can tell in the oh, pictures he absolutely is cooked. he is bombed out of his mind <laughs> like glassy-eyed as all hell and now, uh, so um, that's interesting. That's interesting. Like if you uh, said, it's, just, it's funny because it's an NFL head coach who just lost a game. It is so rare to see an NFL head coach in the wild and getting uh, get, in this situation. Any any football coach in reality, but an NFL one in particular. So seeing that video across your timeline, it's like it's not a deep fake or anything. It's clearly urban, and there's other proof to prove it. Oh my god. Hey man, like, I don't know. We don't know what he and his wife's setup is. Let that man live if that's how he wants to do Seriously. And if he's doing this in a very public setting to where there could be a video. It was very then public. Cl- then he clearly wasn't worried about he was also, if people were going to see it. He was also, like, quadruple hammered. So, you know. Like, yeah. And I do think that arm placement does give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, look, honey, my arm was placed in between me she and her She was dancing body. in front of me, but I didn't want her to touch me, so I put my arms I there. was just trying to be nice, okay? I, I believe he looks like a nice guy. He does. <laughs> Yeah. Urban Meyer? Yeah. Urban Meyer looks miserable. No, he looks, I mean, the, 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 the game made him miserable, but he looks like a hell of a party. All right. I'd kick it. Whatever you say. <laughs> Let's hang out, Urban. All right. The Ducks uh, Ducks are not going to go undefeated. Can we keep talking about Urban Meyer? I really don't want to move no, on to Joe, the No, Joe. This is, this is depressing. Like, we went from fun to let's talk about the Ducks. Not as fun. I would like to hear uh, Oregon fan Joe's opinion on yesterday's game. But uh, Oregon fell to Stanford in overtime, 31-24. First loss of the year. Lucky for them, they beat Ohio State, so they have room for error to lose once. But now the bad thing is they cannot lose the rest of the way if they want to make the college football playoff. This game was infuriating, as have been most of the games this year, except for the Ohio State one. Oregon did not show up to play in the first half despite the fact that Mario Cristobal has been preaching, playing a full game for the last couple of weeks. Stony Brook game, they didn't play the full game, didn't play a full game against Arizona, but got lucky at the end because their Arizona's quarterback threw six interceptions. And uh, in this one, they came out completely dead, losing 17-7 at halftime. Now, there was a bit of bad luck as on fourth and one at the goal at the end of the half. They did not get it. They would have scored and gotten the ball at halftime. They came out in the third quarter like gangbusters. They controlled the clock. They took the lead back. They looked like the Oregon that we saw against Ohio State. There was two and a half minutes left, and they had the game won. One. They had the game won. And then Stanford had two false starts in a row, which was like seven false starts and three drives for them. And you're like, okay. It was second and 19 at Stanford's own four with under two minutes to go. The game was over, right? And by the way, Oregon had the ball driving to end the game and had two false starts of their own and then threw a pass for some reason, which stopped the clock and they had to punt the ball. They should have won the game on that drive and didn't. 
But even after the Stanford fall starts, you're like, oh, they're they're going to win this game. The Stanford can't do anything on offense. And then you had the Pac-12 refs make a show where you had Kayvon Thibodeau get ejected for targeting on, I guess by the book it was targeting because his arm hit the guy's helmet, but Tanner McKee's helmet, but he had his hands He's up trying to block to get his hands the pass up and, and then hit the quarterback like just again, because he was close to intent him. Intent is important, and they're not looking at that. Well, they de- they haven't in college football. Yeah, that's Intent never matters no, in college football. No, it doesn't at all, and that sucks. So now he's now Thibodeau's going to miss the first half against Cal in two weeks as well. Then there was the roughing the passer call later in the drive um, against Dorless, where he runs into the quarterback again, jumps, and then his his arm does hit the shoulder neck area, but he immediately stops and and pulls away. He doesn't finish the sack. He doesn't go. He, all he does is he jumps up. His hand hits the shoulder and he goes up. Can't do that and backs away. That's roughing the passer, extended the drive. Now, the final uh, pass interference defensive holding call, yeah, it was probably a pass interference. Um, they were letting the guys play the I entire so. game uh, on that very final play I'm talking about. They were letting the guys play the entire game, so it was a little bit out of, out of character for the game uh, in terms of the hand fighting that they were allowing to call that pass interference, but you know, I, that was pass interference. And, uh, and then in overtime, Oregon elected to play defense. Stanford scored, and then Oregon couldn't score, and that was it. So part Pac-12 refs, part Oregon implosion, and we still have only seen one complete game from this Ducks team, and that was against Ohio State. For whatever reason, the penalties have been maddening. They, they, the focus level on this team is very low, is what it seems like. And they have it for stretches. They play really well in, in certain quarters and games, and they've been able to do the bend but don't break, but it didn't work against Stanford. On the road to Stanford, it's a really difficult game for the Ducks. It's a rivalry game, but always has been. And even though Stanford didn't look quite as good this year to start, this quarterback, Tanner McKee, is pretty good. And it, you went into that game, it looked like without full focus, and you paid for it. You can't afford to go down 10 points at halftime against a team like Stanford and hope to win. No, I, I, the, the game started looking ugly early. You know, when I, I, was, I was actually out, and looked at the score and I'm at a football game and it's it's three nothing at this point. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Check again, it's ten nothing. Okay. This is, you know, not as cool. And then they finally score and you're like, okay, they might be able to pick up some momentum. Actually picked up that momentum going into the second half. And then at a point I'm like, okay, well, Ducks got this, right? You know, slow start. It they've, felt like they figured it out. You know, slow start. They've 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 made some adjustments. Here we go. You know, this should be a pretty winnable game. And then you start seeing the wheels come off a lot. I, think, I thought Kayvon Thibodeau getting ejected like hurt. And I think the rest of the team kind of saw that. And I don't want to say they, I don't want to say panicked because I don't think that's a, a fair word. Well, it happened they, against Fresno too, because when he got hurt in the Fresno game, the energy got sucked out of yeah, the defense. They, but you could tell it, it clearly wasn't the same defense all yeah. of a sudden. And so and then, Thibodeau didn't even have that great of a game. But I just, I think just His having him on the field. fairly, fairly minimal. Absolutely. I mean, and cause he's somebody that as an offense, you have to game plan for so you have to know that you're not running this way. You're going to do this, but him not being on the field, then you can kind of, you can do a little bit more. You can be a little more, little freer on the field from an offensive standpoint. But I just thought those penalties hurt. And whenever you get, you know, roughing the passer, that's one of the worst penalties you can you can get. And so, but it was such a bad call. It's terrible calls. And you know, I know we want to blame the referees, and we should. They deserve their they deserve some blame, but. This one, the refs still lost the game for them, unfortunately. No, of course not. And I I had to clarify this on Twitter yesterday because I just tweeted Pac-12 refs at it again because they made three three calls on that drive that were incorrect, in my opinion. But that doesn't excuse Oregon from letting a dribble down their leg. And I'm curious, man, is there any, is there ever a, is there ever any reprimand for these mistakes that are made during these games like doesn't is, seem like it. Are there, I'm sure, are there, I'm sure there's are there a system. fines are there you know are there, especially when you're talking about situations to where you you may cost a team a game in this case that may have cost Oregon an opportunity at a national championship like it's a it's a good chance like let's say the the teams that are ahead of them you know run the board like you know we think they could and now Oregon's on the outside looking in because of two really bad passes again not saying that's why they lost but it didn't hurt or it didn't help, excuse me, at the end of the game. So, I mean, I, I thought they were bad, then good, then here we go, then okay, now they're just flat. And I mean, like you said, after they couldn't score in the overtime, Anthony Brown, 
he is he is nothing special at the quarterback position. And that's really weird to say about Oregon quarterbacks. Like I'm going back to Jeremiah Masoli and Darren Thomas and um, obviously Mariota and then even throwing a Vernon Adams. You've got guys that can say, give me the ball, let me win the game for you. Like let let just give give it to me and I'll take care of the rest. I don't see that with with Anthony Brown, unfortunately, you know. And so I think that's a big reason that the Ducks aren't as good as we think they could be. Like even Justin Herbert, I mean, give me the ball, move out of the way, let me take care of it. I don't. We don't have that in Anthony Brown at this point. Well, and I think going into the bye week, this is the time to make that switch. I mean, we really haven't seen in all the games that he's played him take over like you're mentioning like being like Anthony Brown is the reason that we got a lead we took control of that game he helped out at the end of the Fresno State game sealing that win with the long touchdown run but for three and a half quarters of that game it was pretty lackluster Stony Brook halftime what was it 17 to 7 before he left the game against Stony Brook you're only up by 10 Um, Ohio State the reason we won that game is because just kept feeding CJ Verdell and look what's going to happen you're going to be without him for a significant amount of time true he got hurt at the end of that game significant if this team is you know going forward going to be a one loss possibly even two loss Pac-12 team and chances at the playoff now are very slim if none then why not throw in your five-star dual athlete, uh, dual threat quarterback? Let him get his reps and his lumps, and get him ready for the highest recruit you've ever had. By the way, at the position, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you might as well you get two weeks to prepare for Cal, and Cal is to me that's a great team that you should throw him out against because a their defense is always going to be pretty good, but they are a doormat right now for the Pac-12. So that's a game that you should win, no matter who's at quarterback. It does seem to make sense that would be the Ty Thompson. Let's introduce you against Cal. I mean, it, after a bye week too. And it's it, Mario Cristobal after the game didn't want to blame anything on Anthony Brown, and Anthony Brown took a lot of the blame. So kudos to him for doing that. He said that he sucked and that you know he did not play like he should. And so they're saying the right things, but this is the time where you have to look at this team and say, w- without Verdell, really, what is this offense doing? Jalen Red, Johnny Johnson, Micah Pittman, he finally had a big play. You're like, oh, that's right. We have a really good athlete here. I forgot he played for Oregon for a minute. You aren't seeing these guys make plays because we're not pushing it down the field. We're not making these passes. And to me, it's it's time. It's it's Ty Thompson time. You got to make the switch now. We got to take a break because we got fantasy scramble coming up. Um, Just one text I wanted to read was, look, we've seen it for four to five games this season. This offense just cannot get consistently going. Not sure if a quarterback changes the answer, but if Oregon can't get those deep balls going, defenses will be able to load the box, play to safety. Got to find a way to get more production out of Pittman, Webb, Williams, Red. Yeah, I mean, the passing game has been very, very, very minimal uh, in terms of what we've seen in terms of big plays. It's a Royals fault. It's been, it's a Royals fault. (laughs) Right. Well, yesterday, uh, Moorhead wasn't there for the game, which was a last second thing that I'm sure did have an effect in the beginning of the game. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Keep the text coming in. We'll probably get back to this in the second hour. Plus, we got to talk about the new Pac-12 North leaders, your Oregon State Beavs. That's coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. But Fantasy Scramble is next. we got 30 minutes till kick of the NFL Sunday. If you have fantasy football start sit questions, text them. Meow, 503-250-1080. Jesse will join us next. First, Joe has sports. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. 
Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice. The only reason my team finished as terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Welcome in to Fantasy Scramble here on Football Sunday. I was out last week, so hopefully the advice came and uh, helped you guys out. I had a rough week last week because both my running backs got hurt, and then my backup running back got hurt in the first play. So uh, I lost. (laughs) I lost by like 30 points. It was a rough week. And uh, Hollywood Brown dropped three touchdown passes. So that's always that didn't help either. That's always bad when wait Hollywood Brown was on your bench or no no playing against him. You know I I I started him. He dropped three touchdowns. Oh. No, he didn't. He did have drops. He's last he dropped week, didn't he? a lot, a lot of things, a lot of things. All right, we are joined. Are we joined by Jesse now? Hi, Jesse. I'm here. Okay, I'm here. Marquise Brown. Wow. Yeah, I, that was that was awesome. I was so mad. I, that was the little bit of football I got to watch last weekend because I was at a wedding. But uh, on Sunday before my flight, uh, I was at my parents' apartment and we watched like for a couple hours. And I watched Hollywood Brown drop not one, not two, but three touchdown passes. Mm. And uh, that would have really helped me <laughs> last week in my matchup. But uh, alas, here we are. The first question on the text line. Remember, you can text 503-250-1080. All of your start set questions. And uh, I imagine we're getting closer to bye weeks, but also we have injury concerns abound now. So uh, there's going to be more tough decisions to make. First one that came in, non-PPR, pick one. Cortland Sutton, Robert Woods, or Robbie Anderson. Uh, For me, this is non-PPR, but for me, this is going to be Cortland Sutton. Robert Woods is the best on this list of receivers, but he has not proven to have quite the rapport with Matt Stafford that the rest of those, the receivers on that team does. Uh, Cooper Cup is what, like wide receiver two this year in fantasy because he's catching everything from Matt Stafford. He's using Higby a lot. Uh, it even feels like Van Jefferson's getting more looks than Robert Woods sometimes in these games. Uh, Sutton is the main target now that Judy's hurt and Hamler's out for the year. It's going to be Sutton and Fant and uh, Tim Patrick for Denver. Uh, Robbie Anderson's really boomer bust, so I would pick Cortland Sutton over Woods and Robbie Anderson. Uh, geez, that's that's tough. Like if you you know kind of look them up, they're right around in the, the same projection, same projection you know area, but um. At least Robert Woods has put one in the end zone uh, this year. The, the one big thing about the Rams is because they have so many weapons, because they have a relatively new quarterback, that rapport isn't there with everyone yet, but I think it's only a matter of time before it gets there. Cortland Sutton is, you know, he's good, but I, I think I'm probably going to go Robert Woods. Uh, yeah, no, this is um, going to be an, this is an interesting one. It's, it's um, to me, it, it's Sutton. Um, the one thing that I do worry about is we've seen a small target share from Sutton, a spike in target share, and then back to kind of that, that five targets again last week and what should have been a plus matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you think about Robbie Anderson. He's just to me unstartable until they start u- utilizing him and his skill set more. And then Robert Woods, uh, he could be the surprise. I have him as a put up or shut up this week, and it, it's kind of time for him to put up some numbers, or it's time to time to put him, you know, on your pine. And so, for that, in that respect, I kind of have him as a start. He is in a good matchup. He still has a great target share in this offense. It, to me, it's just been. I just look at Matt Stafford's career. And I look at a guy that has always supported a good fantasy wide receiver to an elite fantasy wide receiver, and he's never really supported a second wide receiver. And that's kind of my worry about Robert Woods is that we're going to see Cup being the guy, and then Woods is going to fade away, or maybe then Woods takes over that role and Cup fades away. But I don't know if they're both going to coexist, and that's my worry about that, and that's why I'm going to go with Sutton. Tight end question that they had come in here is uh, Jared Cook or Mike, uh, Mike Gesicki, also non-PPR in that one. Um, non PPR does make this a little bit tougher because uh, with Jacoby Brissett starting for Miami last week, Kasicki had like 12 targets. Uh, Jared Cook is uh, is a touchdown threat in that Chargers offense for sure. Uh, he hasn't had one yet, but he's a big body that would certainly be available in the end zone. Although Mike Williams has really been poaching a lot of those touchdowns as well. I think I'm just going to go purely on the usage with the backup quarterback. I'm going to go with Kasicki for Miami over Jared Cook. Uh. Yeah, I like Mike Kosicki as well today. 
Yeah, Mike Gesicki coming off a matchup with 10 targets last week. Jacoby Brissett, you know, you can call it a revenge game, whatever. Um, he's not great, but uh, finally, you know, he got a, a full week last week. He looked a little better than he did in relief for Tua. I expect a little bit better this week. That secondary for Indianapolis is um, pretty middling, and I expect some plays. I have, I have Waddle as a different start. I, I like Gesicki, you know, based on his, his usage and uh, the – the matchup and then you think about um just i he's been lined up as a in in wide receiver positions over the tight end position like 96 percent of the time he's virtually a wide receiver in this offense not a tight end cool uh next one coming in i'm in a bad running back situation with mccaffrey getting hurt uh miles gaskin or mike davis oh my goodness i'm so sorry um if that's your choice I'm going to take Miles Gaskin because, again, with a backup quarterback in Miami, you're going to run the football a little bit more, and he is a starting running back, whereas it seems as if Cordell uh, Cordell Patterson has taken the big play ability in that running back spot for the Falcons, and Mike Davis has been relegated to like a 12-carry, 40-yard roll, and I guess potentially goal line touches. But even at the goal line, we've seen Patterson out there for Atlanta too. I'm going to say Gaskin on this one over over Mike Davis. Uh. I, I mean, geez, Louise. Yeah, that's a really bad situation to be in without your without your number one. Uh, I'm probably going to go uh, uh, Gaskin as well. Uh, he at least had more attempts last week. Um, they've hasn't had as many in the, in the couple weeks prior, but at least last week they gave him 13 and uh, he got 65 yards out of it. If these are your two options, Gaskin's probably your number one. Yeah, I'm I'm still rolling with Gaskin. Like uh, I understand the trepidation there, but like Miami has been far from the well-oiled machine. Um, that you know, I guess they were more like at the end of last season. Um, obviously, Tuagon, Brissett, you know, they're just shuffling so many pieces over there. But Gaskin honestly has been he hasn't been as good as he has was last year, but he has been kind of what you you paid for. You knew he wasn't going to be a, a a guy that was used a lot in the red zone. They didn't do that last year. You knew he was going to a guy that was going to get about 13 to 15 targets rushing and then he would, or um and he was going to get about, you know, in between 4 to 7 targets in the passing game. And that means you're going to get in between 72 to roughly about 96 yards a game. Um with the 1 in 4 chance of getting a touchdown. This is the mathematics of Gaskin. He's a safe play. Right now, Davis is anything but a safe play. So you got to play Gaskin. Mm. But I'm, I, I, I don't understand the worry about Gaskin. He's kind of been doing not quite up to the t- of what he did last year, but what he does. I get Brown had the touchdown run last last week, but it was like a thirty something yard touchdown run, and he finished the the um, the game with under forty yards rushing, and he had plenty of attempts to get there. So. He's just not that good. Gaskin's the best guy. I'm just going to keep rolling with him over a guy like Davis. Another another person has a Christian McCaffrey inj- injury. I have one in, in in my second league as well. But uh, he says, I got uh, Chuba, uh, Chuba Hubbard. Do I go with him or Chase Edmonds for Arizona? Interesting. That's, that's pretty difficult because I think that without uh, McCaffrey in there, that uh, Chuba Hubbard is going to be a really, really good option for the Panthers. And the Cardinals running back situation is certainly interesting. Now, if it's a PPR league, I would probably go with Chase Edmonds because he's going to catch passes in that offense. And I I love the Arizona offense right now, but his chances of getting touchdowns are certainly slimmer because James Conner has been the goal line back there. I, I, I am leaning towards taking Chuba Hubbard here, but if it's a full point PPR, I would probably say Chase, uh, Chase Edmonds. Is this a PPR? It does not say. Oh, okay. Well, if yeah, if it's PPR, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I'm probably, oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna go uh, Hubbard as well, just because again, whenever your number one is out, you're, he's gonna get a bulk of the of the snaps if they indeed do run the ball a lot today. So uh, Hubbard is probably my go. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Chubba Hubbard. Uh, you know, we saw last week that he's gonna get, he should get the bulk of the work. I know Royce Freeman came in, um, but. He didn't come in for that goal line carry until after Chubba dropped, you know, a, a pass in the end zone. They're going to use him in the passing game, so I'm not too worried about using him in PPR. Um, they're they're going to give him double digit touches. I 
I, I believe this is a, a better matchup for him than it would be for Chase Edmonds. Um, obviously, they're, they're going against the Rams, so it, that's, that's kind of undeniable there. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go with Chubba, Chubba as well. One more, and then we're going to take a break. Uh, Devontae Parker or Christian Kirk? So a low-end wide receiver two, wide receiver three matchup here. Uh, this for me is purely, I'm just going to take the better offense and also Christian Kirksman getting plenty of targets from Kyler Murray thus far. Plus after a kind of rougher offensive game for Arizona last week, I'm kind of expecting, I know they're playing the Rams, but I'm kind of expecting a, a little bit of a bounce back, uh, in, in terms of, uh, their, their offensive game plan this week. I'm going to say Christian Kirk over Devonte Parker. Uh, I mean, you look these guys up and they're literally right next to each other on most project, most projections. So I'm probably going to go Christian Kirk because he's got the better quarterback at this point. Yeah. To me, this is a pretty easy one. I'm going to, I'm going to look Christian Kirk. He's been producing. Um, Fuller is definitely going to be back there again in Miami. It, it based on target share last week. Um, you know, Parker's been getting some action. He hasn't been producing at all with it. And, you know, like I said, with Fuller there, Gusecki there, um, they obviously love Waller. Um, Parker's taking more and more a backseat in this offense. And um, and then, you know, we got a lot of apparently mouths out of a bad offense that we all want to put in our fantasy lineup. So um, Parker, to me, is the odd man out in this equation. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, Jesse will hang on with us on hold. And coming back, we'll wrap up uh, answering your fantasy football questions. This is Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, we are smack dab in the middle of the fantasy scramble. Jesse Osmond from Explicit Fantasy Football joining us on the phone. Former producer of this show, good friend of ours. EFF. EFF. Go find him on uh, YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, the Twitter handle is at PDX underscore EFF is the easy way to find it. And then you can just search explicit fantasy football in YouTube and you'll find the channel there. He's putting up videos every single week. Uh, this one is a standard flex question. I don't know if you know, sir, but two of the players you put in here are injured and out this week. Uh, you said Michael Pittman, Chase Claypool, Robert Woods, or Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell and Claypool are out. So this is the decision between Pittman and Robert Woods. I'm going to say Pittman in this one. His targets have been very, very good so far, especially with T.Y. Hilton hurt still, although he's expected to come back in a week or two, which might change this offense a little bit. But uh, again, like we said with Robert Woods last segment, he has not been Matt Stafford's guy. And as much as he is a better receiver than Pittman, I would say, I'm not sure that he's going to see the targets necessary to get you a good, uh, a good performance. So I'm going to go Pittman in this one. Yet. He's not Stafford's guy yet. Uh, I think there's still time in the season for that to change. But still, just for the sake of argument, I'm probably going with Micah Pittman as well, junior. Yeah, this one's like, uh, do I want to go with the the matchup or the opportunity? And, you know, I, I really think that, you know, there's a really good opportunity, obviously, for Michael Pittman coming off the back-to-back weeks with 12 targets. Not super efficient with the targets, but he has been – getting production off of them. And it's hard to not get production when you have 12 targets. Um, and, and you have a, a quarterback with basically two sprained ankles. Um, on the other hand, we've already discussed what, what the problems are with Robert Woods. Um, I, like I said, I, I like his matchup this week. I think he should be able to produce. Um, I think he has a better, better matchup, but I would still probably roll out Michael Pittman because I, I just need to see Robert Woods do something. All right, let's uh, let's start moving a little quicker here, so we can get through more of these before we get to the uh, lock window. Flex PPR: Michael Carter, Jamal Williams, Sammy Watkins. This one's easy. It's Jamal Williams. He's been one of the two-headed monster there in Detroit, which Detroit offensively uh, in the running game has been actually quite good for fantasy thus far. And uh, he's the one who catches more passes than DeAndre Swift. Although last week Swift did catch some some passes, some long passes. But I, w- I would pick Jamal Williams. I can't trust the Jets running game. Sammy Watkins, ugh, I hate him in fantasy, so I'm going to go Jamal. Um, probably going to go Jamal as well. He got two, a uh, couple catches last week. He did get a touchdown, so uh, probably more upside with uh, with Jamal Williams. 
Yeah, I think this is an easy one with Jamal Williams. Stick with Anthony Lynn and that awesome offense. Non-PPR, Kareem Hunt or Zach Moss. The non-PPR does kind of make this a little bit more interesting. I think the easy choice would always be Kareem Hunt, in my opinion. But he is a bit more of a pass catcher in that offense, although he does have like a 60-40 split, he he being the 40 with um, Nick Chubb. Zach Moss has gotten back into the good graces. It looks like in Buffalo, he was, he was inactive week one. He was a very small part of the game plan week two, and then was much bigger in the game plan, but he's always going to be splitting carries with Devin Singletary, just like uh, uh, Kareem hunt is. So because of that, I'm just going to go with the guy I think is better. And that's Kareem hunt, Kareem hunt. Easy. Yeah. It's, I mean, um, this to me is a hard one because they obviously, the, the one thing that Zach Moss has, the one role that he has that is locked down is the goal line work, the short uh, yardage work. And, um, and they are using them. Um, but man, um, I, I blew it last week. I had coming off of weeks one and week two hunt, um, not being very productive item as a sit last week. And he had his most productive game as a Cleveland <laughs> Brown. So um, I blew that one. Um, and you know what? Uh, let's roll with it. Let's let's roll with uh, Kareem Hunt once again, see if he can recapture that magic. Uh, this is a large league, needs a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, Justin Fields, Taylor Heineke, or Sam Darnold. Um, I'm going to go with Darnold out of this list. Darnold is playing the Dallas defense, which is a sieve. Not as bad as last year, but still not a good defense. He's actually been very good so far. He looks like a completely different quarterback out of that Jets offense. Um, I like Heineke against the Atlanta defense as well. He's been a good fantasy guy. He's a little bit awkward to watch sometimes, but he gets some good fantasy stats. I hate using Baker because they run the ball so much. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is terrible uh, for fantasy purposes. So I'm going to go with, and Justin Fields was, oh my goodness, bad last week. So I'm going to go with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold playing well. Y'all remember, how, y'all remember how Justin Fields said um, the the, NFL game just seemed a little slow to him after that first preseason game. (laughs) (laughs) 55 yards Uh, of offense later. (laughs) Dude, you can stay on my bench. Um, Yeah, no, that's definitely one you need to see it, prove it before you can be a a fantasy starter. Uh, This to me is between Heineke and Darnold. And just because Heineke has shown that he is willing to use his legs a little bit, and obviously in fantasy that raises your bar. with quarterback, but Darnold has been playing well, obviously with uh, CMC out, they're going to have to rely a little bit more on Darnold. I, I, I did see a few things that made me worry a little bit after Christian McCaffrey went out last week, but I, I thought that he had moved past that by the end of the game and, and looked more like he did at the beginning of the game. So I'll roll out with Darnold. I think he is the safest bet with, with good upside. Uh, half point PPR Christian Kirk or Hunter Renfro in the flex. Man, Hunter Renfro's targets were great last week. Uh, it finally feels like they're learning how to use him in the offense, or Derek Carr is at least looking at him. Remember how good he was at Clemson in the slot role? Great. Always open, and he hasn't fully lived up to that standard in the NFL, but I'm I'm getting very high on Chris, uh, or sorry, as on Hunter Renfro moving forward as a good, solid floor receiver. Kirk is way more boomer bust, whereas Renfro is very solid. In a half-point PPR, I'm going to go Renfro on that one. Man, Hunter Renfro is a beast. I knew it from the first time I played with him on Madden. I'm going Hunter Renfro. Man, the half point's what really trips me up here. He he is a guy. He's got five receptions every single game so far this season, but the yards aren't there. He's only got one touchdown. He does worry me a little bit. You know, Christian Kirk in a bigger play off. Well, I shouldn't say a bigger play offense, but he is a bigger play player for that offense. Um, I I uh, for me, this is this is what I'll say. I haven't said this yet this year. If you want the safer route, go with Hunter Renfro. If you want somebody who's, who has an opportunity to give you points and actually has the opportunity to win you a week, go with Christian Kirk. Tough one here. Lamar Jackson or Kirk Cousins at quarterback. It's one of those where you never bench Lamar, right? He is such a good fantasy asset to have that you don't want to bench him. But Kirk Cousins, as Jesse has been promoting for the last two weeks, is one of the best fantasy quarterbacks, especially how we started early. And Lamar is going up against Denver, uh, who's who's been great defensively, albeit against three very weak teams. Look, I you can't sit Lamar, in my opinion. I think it's great to have Kirk Cousins as an option, but if you sit Lamar and he has three rushing touchdowns, you're never going to live live it down. Uh, you're you're going to kick yourself for it. So I'm I'm going to go with Lamar, even though it's very close. Two weeks. Jesse has loved Kirk Cousins for the last, like, five years. Well, that's so, true. <laughs> uh, but, no, I think Lamar Jackson is just, a, like you mentioned, he's a fantasy monster. It's hard to account for a guy that's going to give you 100 yards on the, on the ground 
and then throw for over 100 yards. So I got to go Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I was, I was uh, helping one of my viewers earlier this week. He's like, should I do Heineke over Kyler Murray? And it's just like, I, I understand where you're coming from. And this obviously is a much better example of a Christian, um, uh, of, um, uh, Kirk Cousins um, and, and Lamar Jackson. But, uh, yeah, no, Lamar's just got that special thing. Kirk, I, I had Kirk on my on my bench all last year outscoring Lamar Jackson. It was very frustrating, but there's just something special about Lamar Jackson um, that you don't want to miss out on. With that said, I really, you know, I it, it's one of those things. Like, I, I do think that you probably have a, safe, a safer floor with Cousins, which it sounds kind of crazy, but I think you have a higher ceiling with, with Lamar Jackson. Um, and that's why I've always played Lamar over Kirk Cousins. So to me, it's like if you think it's going to be close, I, close, I would probably actually would play Cousins. Um, but if you don't think it's going to be close, I'm definitely playing Lamar. All right, Jesse, we got to get going. Thank you so much for your help. Appreciate and you, uh, for those of you who we didn't get to, we apologize. I'll try to get back and text as we get into break here before the lock time happens. We'll talk to you next week, Jesse. Sounds great, guys. Thank you. That's Fantasy Scramble. We do it every single week at 930 to try to help you out in your fantasy football matchups. Coming up next, Oregon State is in first place in the Pac-12 North. Plus, we got some text on the Oregon game I want to read uh, from before the Fantasy Scramble. That's all coming up. Plus, hate it or love it at 1030. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.